Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. Welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. On today's episode, I am sharing the audio from the First Step podcast. This is my conversation with Kalissa, and for the next six months, so this is two of six, I am co-hosting her monthly book club. We kicked it off with the book Big Friendship, and then this episode that you're about to hear first aired on the First Step podcast in December. It is our second book club pick, and it is Monogamy, a novel by Sue Miller. I'm in the middle of reading our January pick, which is the book Off Script by Marcy Ian. We're going to be recording that episode in a couple weeks, and it'll go live on the First Step podcast. And then as I've been doing, I'll be sharing the audio again here a couple weeks later. Let's dive right on into the episode. Welcome back to the First Step Podcast. I am your host, Calissa, and today we are doing our final episode of 2020. We are doing our book club episode, and I am joined by Louise to talk about our December book club pick, Monogamy. We also talk about some of our favorite reads of 2020, as well as some books that we're excited to read in the new year. So without further ado, here is the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our book club episode, our second one ever, which is so exciting. Hi, guys. So this month, we have been reading Monogamy, which is our first fiction book. And yeah, it's definitely it's different from the last one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm excited to get into it, but we'll start as we do with a little summary of the book. So Monogamy is written by Sue Miller. Graham and Annie have been married for nearly 30 years. Their seemingly effortless devotion has long been the envy of their circle of friends and acquaintances. By all appearances, they are a golden couple. Graham is a bookseller, a big, gregarious man with large appetites, curious, eager to please, a lover of life, and the convivial host of frequent live parties at his and Annie's comfortable house in Cambridge. Annie, more reserved and introspective, is a photographer. She is about to leave her first gallery show after six years, after six-year lull, and is worried that the best years of her career may be behind her. They have two adult children, Lucas, Graham's son, with his first wife, Frida, who works in New York. Annie and Graham's daughter, Sarah, lives in San Francisco. Though Frida is an integral part of this far-flung loving family, Annie feels confident in the knowledge that she is Graham's last and greatest love. When Graham suddenly dies, this man whose enormous presence has seemed to dominate their lives together, Annie is lost. What is the point of going on, she wonders, but without him. 
Then, while she is mourning Graham intensely, Annie discovers a ruinous secret, one that will spiral her into darkness and force her to question whether she ever truly knew the man who loved her. Such a long, <laughs> long intro. <laughs> I know. I remember reading that and I was so intrigued, but then I thought, did they just give away the whole plot in this yeah. book cover jacket? <laughs> exactly. So why don't we go right into the Goodreads review? Yeah. What do you give this book? So... I have never, so I want to start good off before I, give my, yeah, before I give my number, I want to say that I don't usually read books like this. I'm very much like, I like the lighthearted, like easy, like either like, you know, for when it comes to fiction books, at least like I'm like a romance lover. I love the like top sellers. So this was very different from what I normally read, but I liked that because I liked it that it was outside of what I normally read. It did remind me a lot of um, like Jane Austen-esque, kind of like the way that the writing is, which I loved. But for me, the thing that I could not get over is that um, they gave away the story. (laughs) Like like in that jacket cover, they tell you the whole thing that's happening. And it wasn't until like three quarters away the book that they actually like address what has happened in the summary. So I gave, I'm giving it a three because of that. I like <laughs> that's my rating. I'm like, yeah, definitely. I was in the middle. I started the book and I loved it. I was like, I, this writing is so beautiful. And like the setting and like Cambridge was just like, I loved all of that. And then I kept waiting for like her to find out. I kept waiting for him to die. And so mm-hmm. it just gave the fact that I already knew everything that was going to happen. There was no anticipation leading up to it. So yeah, that's my review. <laughs> It's, I couldn't agree more. I feel like the last book we had a bit of a different take and we had a different rating. I also give this a three out of five, which I think that means you liked it. You didn't mm-hmm. love it. You didn't hate it. It's right in the middle. I also yeah. gave it a three for the exact same reason. I This is more of an independent fiction book. It's very much character driven, which I love books that get into the psyche of the character. Mm-hmm. And Sue Miller is a genius at this. Like she's amazing. Yeah. Like, you know them. She talks about their flaws as well as their strengths. So they're mm-hmm. very well-rounded, realistic people. So I felt like I knew Annie, I knew Graham, but like you, the plot, I already kind of <laughs> knew the big plot twist. And I kept thinking, well, first of all, I thought it took a long time to get, to the meaty parts. We already kind of knew they were coming. And when they came, I was like, okay, well, it was a little too long to get there. Yeah. But at the same time, why I gave it a three, like I liked it is because I did enjoy the beginning of the book, the slice of life in Cambridge. The, mm-hmm. As a writer, I love anything that's set in a bookstore and I live yeah. in Cambridge. So it was really cool to hear even the restaurants that they name dropped I also feel like if you were an English major or took any sort of creative writing courses or loved English in high school, there's a lot of references to old books and old works and everything. So I feel like the writer kind of gave that to us. But yeah, it was very, it got my mind kind of meandered and wandered Mm -hmm. halfway to the end of the book. I read it fast. I read it pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. And there was also a kid, her friend I thought could have, I won't give away too much, but there's a a friend character, Sophie, 
Mm-hmm. That comes, she could have been eliminated. I didn't need that whole subplot storyline. I don't remember. <laughs> she not- was the uh, cellist, her childhood friend. Oh, yeah, that that was very, I mean, I understand the way, the reason for it, because, like, she had that experience with the guy in the park and, like, the... Right. But, yeah, I guess because she, like, yeah, it could have been eliminated. <laughs> there was too much detail. I even talked about this thing recently in writing. There's a concept called Chekhov's gun, where mm-hmm. if you mention a gun in the first act, it has to be relevant and be fired in the third act. And she really misused that principle because she went on and on about the cello and the classical music. And it was too much for it to have zero payoff later. It it really kind of misled me. And then as a reader, you get frustrated because you're like, why did you lead me down all of this, all of these paths? Yeah. If there was no relevance later. Yeah. Um, other than yeah. she just likes to paint beautiful pictures. Yeah, I think she's a very, very talented writer. I mean, yeah. yeah. Beautiful, like, character development. Beautiful, like, she goes into so much detail. Again, like, I felt like I was reading, like, a Jane Austen novel Mm -hmm. while I was reading it. Like, the totally hit it on the nose with that. But I think, yeah, there was, I read it slowly. I was reading it like a couple, like a couple chapters a day kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And my only issue with it is, again, like, I never wanted to, pick I wasn't like oh my gosh I can't wait to read this book <laughs> yeah it because, was more yeah I need to get to the end so I can talk about it but I'm really not into it well yeah. good for you for finishing it <laughs> <laughs> I had to I was like I need to finish this also I was just like when is she gonna like when is he gonna die when are she gonna find out about the affair like I needed to know those like milestones it was anticlimactic when it came I was hoping there was something deeper and juicier but mm-hmm. yeah but it And then let's, do you want to talk also about the title? The name is monogamy. Yeah. So for me, I I the definition of monogamy. I mean, we know what it is, but I just wanted to see what the dictionary says about it and how it related after I'd read it to the whole plot. So Mm -hmm. it's the practice or state of being married to one person at a time or the habit of having only one mate at a time. So what I found interesting to me, this book wasn't just about marriage or monogamous relationships in that sense. It was a lot about relationships with mother, daughter, ex-wives, friendships, um, your stepson. It really was way, and even the relationship between the mistress and the wife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was more about that and Basically, what I thought was interesting, because it got me thinking about the concept of monogamy, there's one soulmate for everyone, and Mm -hmm. I thought that was what the book was going to be about, but really it showed me that none of us are monogamous at any point in our lives. We all, there's a network of people that are always affecting our relationships, and we seek out emotional relationships or a nurturing relationship or a physical sexual relationship with different people and our network and our web kind of grows. So it made me think again, kind of like our last book about relationships and how they ebb and flow at different stages in our lives. Yeah. I think that the title is, I think something that a lot of people who've read this book talk about because 
it gives so much away. Like it's such a strong term and it's like, okay, so I assume this is going to be all about that relationship. But I like how you say, yeah, it's not just about romantic relationships. It's about all these other relationships. I do think like, um, it's interesting how she developed the characters and, you know, this person like Graham, who I don't know, like, did you like or not like him? I, I didn't really like him, but I could see why he was likable. And I I think Sue Miller, again, back to how she creates her characters, Mm -hmm. she gives them bad traits, quote unquote, and also good traits. And she wants you to be torn of whether I like him or not. To be honest, I think he was a horrible, he was a narcissist. (laughs) I agree. I was like, just stop sleeping with all these women. Like, I yeah, didn't get it. <laughs> I know. I was. It, it dragged the real plot. If you just take away bare bones, is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it out there. It's pretty basic. This guy cheats, and you learn that in the cover jacket, the summary of yeah. the book. Mm-hmm. And then he dies. We also learn that in the cover jacket. I was inter- There was a lot of grief in this book as well that I wasn't really expecting. I thought it would be more about the adultery and the cheating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was interesting to read that, but again, it was a little bit dragged on, mm-hmm. but I think, I I, yeah, I mean, if I ever were to read parts of this and I was going through grief, it might be helpful because it is very relatable and it seemed very realistic of what, how you would react after your partner of 30 years, they were married for 30 years, dies. Mm -hmm. And then you find out that you didn't really know them at all and he had an affair, even if it was briefly or whatever. Yeah. I think, like, also, too, yeah, the characters, I think, were the most appealing part to it for me. Like, um, I also felt, though, that there were, like, unanswered questions. Like, I wanted to know what happened with the daughter. Like, I felt like she was brought in for one chapter. We saw her point of view, and then she just disappeared. (laughs) And we never saw, really, her voice again. I agree with you. There was definitely some holes and different viewpoints that they brought in, and then you never hear it wasn't tied up in a nice bow at the end. No. (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I think also like the relationship between the first wife and the second wife, Anne and Annie and Frida was very interesting. And I think the other characters commentary on it, like the um, Lucas's wife saying, you know, it's so weird that they're friends and then like being like, no, no, like it's totally fine how we have this relationship. But I'm reading this and I'm like, well, Frida is clearly like still in love with Graham. I don't know if you read it like that, but I was like, well, she still is in love with him. Yet Annie, I don't know if she knows that or not. It was very interesting, their relationship. Me too. I thought that was one of the parts that I look forward to reading about most, their interactions and their viewpoints together. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I read that the exact same way that Frida, the ex-wife, was still in love with Graham. He did the same thing to her, to Annie, that he did to her, but she knew about it, which I also thought was interesting. Like, did he trust her more Mm -hmm. to be able to handle that news? It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But one quote that I read in the book that I underlined and I wrote it out in my notebook that I found kind of summarized the feelings of 
why we both gave it a three because mm-hmm. there's parts we liked. Yeah. So it was when it's actually Graham talking about books and fiction and it says we read fiction because it suggests that life has a shape and we feel consoled by it. Fictional narrative makes life seem to matter. So books like this, it kind of, there's life, there's, it's a real slice of life. That's why we like these fiction novels. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like it gave us a lot of closure in the end. It was getting us there. And then I don't know why it really mattered in the end, (laughs) which is what good fiction should do. I I can't agree more. Yeah. 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 But I would be interested to read other books by Sue Miller. I know she's a very accomplished author. And I heard actually this was her first book published in, it took her six years to write. Wow. Yeah. So I, I would be interested to read articles about why it took her six years to get these characters, what drew her to this storyline. A little bit yeah. more backstory might make me fall in love with the narrative a little bit more. Yeah, because she's, like, quite an accomplished author. She's been on the New York Times bestselling list. I was, like, I told my mom I was reading this book, and she's like, oh, yeah, I've read books by Sue Miller. So, yeah, I would like to know. I would definitely like to see what her other books are about. And, like, yeah, six years is a long time to for an author of, like, that magnitude to not publish something. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I know. And I really would love to know kind of, her writing style in Cambridge, like the coffee shop she wrote at. And I loved all of that detail because I can picture it. I know the setting, I think for me actually was one of my favorite parts of it. Like it Mm -hmm. was very romantic and it was very like, again, for anyone who's into literature or like books or writing of any form, it definitely encompassed that world. I think. Yeah. Have you read the book writer or writers and lovers? Nope, but it's on my list because okay. everyone has told me to read that book. <laughs> I would say this has a very similar vibe. Similar okay. writing, similar character-driven, slow plot, a lot of heavy uh, bookish literary detail dropped in. They reminded me of each other. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I want to ask like some of our uh, discussion questions here because I think they're interesting. Very different from the last book we read. So they're, the questions are very different. I love um, it. But one of them says, do you think uh, that Graham and Annie had a good marriage? Oh, that's interesting. Because can you have a good marriage if 30 years later you find out that he was having an affair on you? I know. I think they have good marriage is really subjective, but I would say yes, because I think they both got what they wanted out of the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean that in the sense that she was a little bit, she just, she self described herself as cold, standoffish, yeah. reserved. And he made, brought her out of her shell, made her feel more warm, gregarious, a better person. And he liked that she was calmer, quieter, made him feel more refined. Yeah, I agree. And I think actually the only thing that makes me like not go to the side of saying that they didn't have a good marriage is the fact that before Graham dies is we see that whole arc of him meeting his friend and saying, you know, I love Annie. I want to be with Annie. Like, 
so you know no matter what in the end he still chooses her not that mm-hmm. that excuses the adultery by any mean but I just think that it, it as a reader we needed to see that or else we would have been like well their marriage would have ended anyways you know what I mean but exactly. I think it would have continued had he not died yeah who knows <laughs> I also think the book that's another good point to bring up is the timeline of it we don't get to really I didn't feel I was reading a book about 30 years. I felt it was at the end of the relationship and the beginning. So I didn't feel like I understood all the nuances in between. I just saw the highlights, the high highs, and the low of him cheating. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to make a decision, but I I do think even their description of their morning coffee, their morning routine, and they mm-hmm. we got to hear some of their inner internal character dialogue of, they loved that routine. It made them happy. So yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Oh, okay. I think the one thing that uh, the last thing we have to talk about is Ian, who comes back in to the picture at the end. Such a good point. Yes. We can't not talk about, about this without bringing back Ian. I actually loved reading the part about Ian and like when she went on the artist retreat and then he comes back into her life. And I was honestly very disappointed that he like couldn't remember her and didn't really actually care that much about her. And like, I was sad. I was like, Oh, well maybe this is going to be her like next love. It made me sad. (laughs) I know that's true. I wonder what that lesson is trying to teach us as readers. Yeah. Like you can you have hope but not everything works out. I don't know. I agree with you. It was a sad ending. I wanted redemption for her and Ian. I think it was definitely a commentary on her marriage with um with uh Graham. And you know, she went away to this artist retreat and she had this guy there who was like you know, giving her attention and giving her things that maybe at the time Graham wasn't. And so she was maybe reading more into what it was and what she wanted it to be as opposed to what it actually was. Cause I think it happened like right after, cause he had had an affair at the beginning of their marriage, I believe. Right. And yes. then it was around that time at the same time. So it was more about like she revenge or just like wanting a little bit of like being able to say, well, I could do this too. You know, it's not just right. about you. Right. I, that's what I got from it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It also is interesting. It's just, it just shows how we ebb and flow mm-hmm. or we, we shape shift throughout our lives. And how do you grow with one person? I mean, she returned to a part of herself that with Ian that she didn't get to realize fully with Graham. So yeah. are we always changing or are parts of us always kind of hidden behind the surface that we don't get to express is another way to kind of look at that. I think too. Yeah. And I think the different people you meet, like the different, as she met different people in her life, like, you know, different things. I think that was a reflection, especially of her photography that Mm -hmm. played into it. You know, she would take photos of uh, people and then she stopped for a while and was not taking photos of people. I think that was an interesting like line that played into the book as well. There's a lot of different layers to this book, actually, now that we're talking about it. Yeah. That's why it's yeah. so good to talk about these books. Yes. Overall, beautiful character-driven novel. If you like the slower-paced, mm-hmm. slice-of-life kind of indie fiction. Yeah. But if you're looking for something to really kind of be a page-turner 
and keep you guessing, I would say this is not the novel for you. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't agree more. And I actually think though, that it is a good, like if you read those kind of like novels that are page turners and you just, it's a good break from that. And it's a good book club pick because it does allow you to have these conversations and you kind of like come away from the book after and you talk about it and you're like, Oh yeah, I didn't really think about this. Or I hadn't thought about this and you realize all the different layers to it that, you know, are meant to be discussed, I think. Yeah, I agree. And even it makes you discuss. So we didn't even talk about Annie had a friend, Edith, whose husband left her for another man and they mm-hmm. had children together and Edith was still in love with her husband, but he also technically cheated on her and Mm -hmm. moved in with another man. And I remember that conversation with Annie and Edith. Annie was very judgmental about it, saying, I can't believe you would even still love him after he did this to you. Mm -hmm. Little did Annie know this was happening to her as well. But I think it's a good conversation for everybody has a different opinion on monogamy, really. And what they are willing to put up with for somebody that they love. Yeah, I think the that's another like it was a little tidbit they added into it that um yeah, another perspective on the topic and it was interesting for sure. Mhm. I agree. Should we dive into we're actually going to recap because it's the end of 2020. We're almost the year's almost over. <laughs> we made it guys. We made it to the end of 2020. Can you believe it? <laughs> actually I mean I yes and no (laughs) but um, this was the fastest slowest year ever yeah that's exactly how I feel fastest and slowest year ever Mm -hmm. but we're gonna recap our favorite books of the year because I feel like that's a relevant thing to do for a book club Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so do you want to start and we can go back and forth maybe sure Okay. So it was really hard for me to narrow down my top three books yes, that I, I read. I keep track of all my books on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. So I've read 30 this year. Good. That's really good. Yeah. I feel good about that. I read, wow. I mean, and it's not about quality or it's not about quantity. It's about yeah. quality. So if you read one book this year, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. So I'll start off with my first pick and it was a very thick, heavy book, but I've had it on my list for years and I finally read it. It's called A Little Life. Okay. And the cover of the book is this man crying. It's black and white. It is incredible, but it is very sad, very dark, and very long. Yeah. But I couldn't put it down. And I don't know if it's just I wanted to torture myself, but again, it was one of those beautifully written books. And you get to see these characters. It's a group of men, best friends in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. over the course of their life from teenage years to through their 20s through their 30s and how they rem- stay friends it's fiction yeah but parts of it are based on a true story and this is just one of the most it's a classic book but be prepared it's pretty dark and heavy yeah but worth a read if you love beautiful prose i love i i that sounds good we have very different reading (laughs) styles which is so great I think Mm -hmm. um, for this like I said I'm a very big like I like the light and fluffy books every once in a while I love a good you know monogamy type book 
my favorite book I read this year, or one of them, was Beach Read, <laughs> which is the most like opposite of what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> but that's perfect. That's perfect to start well, off with. I'm sure many people who listen to this probably have heard of it if you read books. Um, it was quite popular, but I loved it because I loved the characters. Um, I love Emily Henry as an author. If you don't follow her on Instagram, I highly recommend it because she's like really great for writers and um, just like very big book enthusiasts. So she posts a lot of like Q&A stuff and she also um, like shares a lot of book recommendations as well. So that's a little like side tidbit, but I loved Beach Read because it like the girl and the two main characters in it were authors and I love when the books incorporate anything to do with like writing or books like this one did, like a bookstore or anything like that. So yeah, I loved it. You know, I'm going to write that down. I love mixing in lighter reads, especially after I read something really heavy and yeah, heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. That sounds up my alley. Anybody who's an author as the protagonist, I'm into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I recommend. Okay, what was your second one? Okay, my second one, it's called Girl, Woman, Other. Mm-hmm. And it's from a Black woman's perspective in England. And different, again, different stages of life. I, I'm seeing a trend here that I like to see people's character development from <laughs> when they're young and how they change and evolve as they grow. Mm-hmm. But again, a really interesting perspective And I was able to step into somebody else's shoes and somebody else's experience that I never would have gotten, got to otherwise. So that was my second pick. That sounds really good. That Mm -hmm. sounds a really interesting book. Um, My second one, actually I have it right here, is a book I read at the beginning of the year and it's called uh, 24-6. I've heard about that, but I never read it. It I really loved it. I'm writing Um, it down as well. (laughs) it's basically about this woman and she's actually a filmmaker but she and her family live their life by taking one day a week away from technology so she kind of the book is basically it's nonfiction, and it's basically kind of the story of how she lives her life by doing this and then she also goes into some of kind of the facts and the reasons behind it and like the studies behind like technology and how it affects our lives and like social media all these different things but I think it was super interesting because they go to the extent of like they have a landline so they, that's my like, kind of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> Exactly. I have a landline. <laughs> I know. They like on Sunday, I think it's uh yeah. They start on Friday night and then they go until Saturday night. I'm trying to remember. I read it a year ago now. So um but yeah, it's like they do everything from like they will spend their day playing music or they make they have a family dinner together. They have like they do all these little things that are outside of technology. So um like you can't call up someone on your cell phone. Like you have to call through a landline, like all these little things that you don't think about that you rely on technology. Oh, like GPS. There was another thing. Like they have to write up, map out the directions. Like they print them out in case they're going somewhere. Like these little things. Yeah. Yeah. Literally all these things we rely on technology for that they take out for one day a week. And I, it's very interesting. So yeah, I highly recommend that one. Oh, I will read that. I love kind of nonfiction. I usually listen to those on audiobook because it mm-hmm. feels like a podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now I, I feel like my list is expanding <laughs> where I can't pick just top three because um, in that genre, you have to read Atomic Habits, which was another favorite one of mine this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have like my third and fourth one are tied. So like if you have another one. <laughs> okay. Well, my other one is it's a lighter, really quick if you read Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor uh, Jenkins Reid, the, the book that I would recommend, one of my favorites this year, I blew through it. You will too. It's a really fun read. It's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. <gasps> that was almost on my list too. It's so good. It was just a fun one to dive into. Yeah, love I, love, I love that book. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. Um did you read Daisy Jones and the Six too? Yes, I did. Yeah, I like that one did you like better? I loved that. <laughs> I liked the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo better, just because Daisy Jones and the Six I loved, but it felt kind of like the plot of Almost Famous. It didn't mm-hmm. feel as original. Yeah, and I didn't love that it was written like a screenplay or dialogue. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I love them both. Yeah. I actually, I did the audiobook for Daisy Jones and the Six, which I would recommend because they have all the different characters play. So it, it really sounds, it sounds cool to listen to. Yeah, that's cool. I know you said three, okay, I have to end. I can't yeah, not yeah, mention yeah. this book. It, again, it's a bit of a darker one, but it was the most beautiful book I've probably ever read. Uh, it's called On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous. That's by, a beautiful title. I know, the author Ocean Ocean Vuong V O N G. His first name is Ocean. He's so cool. He started off as a poet, and now he writes novels. And he is the most beautiful writer. His metaphors, I just am like, how does his brain come up with that? So this book is one of my favorites, a classic again, but also a bit on the darker heart-wrenching side <laughs> okay good yeah. to know good to know yeah. I love that title wow that's beautiful mm-hmm, me too uh my last two books are everything is figure outable oh yeah uh, by Marie Forleo again a book I read in January it's actually a really good January book because I feel like that's when people start to like okay like New Year's resolutions that kind of thing um she's just a really smart lady who has done a lot of stuff and I don't know I think it applies to anyone so that one and then also things you save in the fire save oh. in a fire um Catherine Center is the author mm-hmm. and I loved it because it was it's kind of a romance but it also like I actually wouldn't really call it a romance but it has a romantic element to it um and it's about this uh, girl who is a firefighter and she moves to a new town and it's about the relationship between her and her mom. And it's just a really like badass lead character, which I loved. And Love like, it. she definitely like tries to like fight against like stereotypes. And like, it's a lot about like, she faces a lot of sexism because she's a female firefighter in this like really small uh, Southern town in America. And Yes, like a lot of elements to it are great. So I I loved that like Ooh, character. That so good. Yeah. So great list. Are... Now I have more reads for my 2021 TBR pile. <laughs> I, know. I have actually, well, if you know, do you have any books in like 2021 that you're like, oh, I can't wait to read this book that's coming out? 
uh, nothing that comes to mind. I'm just trying to get through all of the books that I didn't get to that were sitting on my shelf. But what about you? Do you have some that you're looking forward to? Um, yeah, I have one actually. I was looking at my Goodreads list last night and, um, the author of, did you ever read the hating game? No. Um, there's another one that she does, but anyways, she picture the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that book actually is being turned into a movie, and her next book is coming out in the spring of this year. It's mm-hmm. Sally Thorne. That's Sally Thorne. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for her next book, and also, um, what's her name? The author of Beach Read, who I just said. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> um, Emily. Yes. <laughs> Something. I'm looking it up. I was going to say Emily Thorne, but you just said Sally Thorne. That's why I came Emily from. Henry. Emily that, Henry. Her next book is coming out too in the spring. So I'm excited for those. Oh, that'll be good. I'm so excited. There's so many. We need more hours in the day to read all of these books. I know. I love mm-hmm. writing. Me too. Um, yeah, well... Thanks for everyone listening to this episode. Uh, our final episode of 2020, my final podcast episode. I don't know if this is yours, but it's my final podcast episode of 2020. It's yeah. It's one of my final ones of 2020 as well. <laughs> it's crazy. I know it's been a yeah eventful year, but uh, we'll announce our January book club pick at the beginning. I'm excited about that one as well. Me too. Uh, I think that'll be a good one. I think we'll have a lot to discuss with the next book. Yeah. And I feel like it's a perfect January book club pick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, happy new year, everyone. Happy reading. Happy holidays. That's it for today's episode of the Word Weaver podcast. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, screenshot and share it on social media, and be sure to check out the show notes at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at wordweaverpodcast. Until next time. You call it substance over style.